Broadcasting from the heartland of America. In the Hoosier Media Network Studios. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into hour number two of the program. It is the Voice of Reason's Weekend Edition. I am Andy Hoosier. So wonderful to have you with us here. We're broadcasting all over the country. Multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to us, it's so great to have you with us here for another weekend. Man, and a big one at that. We are the first full week done. So the big one, check it off your list. You did it. Pat yourself on the back. You just carpe diem all over this place or something. We'll go along with that one. <laughs> we'll come into it. Now that we have the first full work week of 2024 out of the way, it's only downhill from there, right? Counting down the days until the next holiday season. Welcome back into it. Find us all over our social media at Who's Your Reason. H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. Also, our website at HoosierReason.com. We have done some changes to the website, trying to make it a little bit more user-friendly and some more content on there. So go and check that out. Also, sign up, become a Hoosier-holic, get the monthly newsletter, and so much more. we got a big show lined up for this hour. Uh, it's going to be fun. Bottom of this hour, we have Mark Hancock. He is the founder and CEO of Trail Life USA, an alternative to the Boy Scouts, as we talk about the attack on masculinity in society We'll have some fun chatting with him and what they do as an adventure group for young boys to teach them life skills about survivalist skills and how to build skills and character at a young age. Excited to chat with him at the bottom of the hour. But I want to go right to it and do our really our weekend review. And it's your weekend review. And get ready for Monday because, as you know, Monday is going to be fun, man. It's going to be big, if you know what I mean. And I think we're going to make it big league. Yeah, so we have the Iowa caucus, the Hawkeye caucus, starting off on Monday, the first presidential primary in the country with all eyes on what's going to happen and not just who's going to win because we already have a good idea of who's going to win but how big of a win this is going to be. Again, is this going to be just the slippery slope down to where it's just going to be, we just kind of give it a granted that Donald Trump's going to be the nominee after Iowa and after New Hampshire? Or is Nikki Haley going to do the rise above and uh, try and surge into the polls, take over New Hampshire, and be a real competitor to former President Donald Trump? Definitely a fun, interesting election season as it's now kicking off strong and hard for the new year. And to chat with us about that, really happy to have this guy on the program. Let's go to the Hoosier Media Hotline. Indeed. As excited to have him on the program, he is the host of Wake Up Memphis, news anchor out of one of our great affiliates here on this program that airs it on Saturday evenings, the mighty 990 KWAM, KWAM out of Memphis, Tennessee. Happy to have on the program with us here, good friend Ben Dieter. Ben, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, Andy, I am probably a little bit warmer than you. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I am enjoying my two degrees with like 15 mile an hour winds that makes a wind chill at like negative 10 in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, my gosh. Well, prayers. Be, I mean, we're complaining now, <laughs> but I think the real prayer should be for our friends over in the Hawkeye State. They're looking at a forecast wind chill of minus 33 degrees for that mm. Iowa caucus on Monday night. That's going to be brutal. Do you think there's uh, obviously the media is having a frenzy with that one. Is that going to deter people from showing up to the polls on Monday? Do you think? I don't think so. I was reading a couple different reports by Politico. As a matter of fact, they say there are actual polling locations where they have get this snowmobiles on standby to get those caucus uh, voters out to the polls. And you've got to look at the different campaigns. I think will be very interesting because Maybe it does hurt a candidate that does not have a strong ground game going into Iowa. And these candidates do have very different ground games. They look at Trump. Trump is a turnout machine. 
for good or for bad. And if you think about it, uh, I think those people get out there and vote. You've got to look at DeSantis. I think he has a pretty good, strong uh, ground game that is strong going to all 99 counties. I believe his wife just knocked on the three millionth door today. So they put in the work. Wow, they have put in the work. Right now, according to the polls, Donald Trump's still well over 50% in the state of Iowa. The other ones are floating in maybe the teens, maybe 20s-ish, depending on what poll you look at, but not a whole lot. But Trump's still dominating with a 30, 40-point lead. I know this is still early, and obviously Iowa makes a big difference, but doesn't necessarily mean the end for the rest moving forward. But does Donald Trump lock in this this Iowa primary and go into New Hampshire strong with a 40-point victory, do you think, on Monday? You know, it will be interesting. I think the best news for Trump will be that can it get to a 50 percent threshold on caucus night and polling right now, as you just pointed out to your listeners, predict maybe he'll be able to do that. The bad headline for a Trump would be DeSantis overperforms. If DeSantis has a strong night, that's not going to be a great headline for the Trump campaign. Or you have Nikki Haley. Haley beats DeSantis. That's good news for Nikki Haley as she heads to New Hampshire, where she does have some momentum. I've been watching the Trump team uh, and they are laser focused on Nikki Haley because there's no question they want to win not only Iowa, but they want to have a strong showing in New Hampshire, which will be here right uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's interesting. Looking at some of the endorsements in the state of Iowa, obviously there was the main focus of some of the churchgoers, some of the church leaders in the state of Iowa on what direction they were going, which seems like they've been evenly split between Donald Trump supporters and uh, Ron DeSantis supporters, which I found kind of interesting. I did not realize until actually just a day or two ago that Chip Roy was actually the solid conservative guy and the, the head of the Freedom Caucus at the federal level in the House is actually campaigning for not Donald Trump, but campaigning for Ron DeSantis. So I, I, I'm honestly surprised about that. And I think that's given Ron DeSantis a little bit of a last minute momentum with kind of who's he's gotten out on the campaign trail with him. You know, and I've heard those reports. I've reported and I've seen some of those endorsements come in, Andy, and a lot of people feel very encouraged by, say, Kim Reynolds, the popular Republican governor out of the state of Iowa. Also, the Christian leader, Bob Vanderplatz. And this is a fun fact. Maybe your listeners know this. Maybe they don't. But every guy Bob has endorsed has gone on to win the Iowa caucus. He backed Mike Huckabee in 2008. Mike Huckabee won that. Rick Santorum in 2012. And then Ted Cruz in 2016. Now, I think what could be the wrench in this year's caucus is this is not 2016. You think about Trump when he came down the elevator a year before the Iowa caucus. No one really knew what he was going to do for the faith community in Iowa. And we know that state, they are very religious people. That's different now because a lot of Iowa voters trust Trump to handle their religious issues. So we'll be interesting to see if those endorsements predict who will win the Iowa caucus Monday night. Yeah, it's always fun to see what uh, what the endorsements look like. We're talking with Ben Dieter. He is the host of Wake Up Memphis in the mighty 990 KWAM, great affiliate here with The Voice of Reason as well. That airs us on Saturday evenings. Uh, also, your morning show ranked number nine nationwide for mid-market morning shows. So congrats on that. You guys are killing it out there on the Thank mighty you. 990 KWAM. That's, uh, that's fantastic. I got to throw this in. I know this is a presidential primary, so it's Republican-Democrat primaries going in, but I got to throw in the third party candidates for just a moment going into a general and just not looking at necessarily party affiliation, but the electorate as a whole in the country right now. I just saw actually over the break, top of the hour, I saw a new Gallup poll that showed that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. 
tops both Donald Trump and Joe Biden on likability at over 42 per, or over 52 percent of the voters with the uh, both Trump and Biden sitting in the low 40s right now. We've never had a third party independent candidate win the presidency, and I don't think that we're going to again this year. But we've had a few instances where we've had independent and third party candidates really throw a wrench in the system and really cause some havoc in the election and and be a player that at least sways it one way, one direction or the other. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a wild card. I honestly like a lot of what he has to say, although he's still a Democrat and disagree with a lot of his policy, but he speaks differently. And I think he's appealing to a little bit on both sides of the aisle. How much of a wrench is he going to be in this election, do you think? It's interesting because I I hear what you're saying, and I've heard the argument that he could hurt Trump, and I've heard the argument that he could hurt Biden. I think he could hurt Trump worse than he could hurt Biden. So with that said, he needs to drop out of the race. I like RFK, genuinely, but I agree. There's no way we're going to see a third-party candidate be successful, and anybody that prohibits a a Trump victory in November needs to get out ASAP. To your point, though, it is interesting to see some of these other names pop up. You've got Congressman Dean Phillips now challenging President Biden. He's being absolutely blacklisted by the media, but that may go on to hurt President Biden. So a couple different names to keep an eye on, Andy. Yeah. That is one. Uh, And we have to talk about Joe Biden for just a moment right now. I've seen the stage set now clearly. I know that people have kind of blown it off and brushed it off, not taking it seriously. Just last week, Barack Obama came came out and said that he's severely concerned about the race with Joe Biden, how he needs to have a better staff around him for the campaign, and how he's concerned about Donald Trump being able to win this race against Biden if it's a head-to-head going into November again. Then we see Michelle Obama do a podcast and say how she's concerned about Donald Trump winning as well. And democracy's on the line right now. There's been a lot of conspiracy floating around for a year now that Michelle was going to be a candidate jump in. In Operation Joe Biden tries to slip down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe commences and they find a way to boot him out of office. Is Michelle going to be that rising star, that Gandalf riding on the great white horse to come and save the day for the Democrats? Oh, my gosh. Well, that was beautiful imagery. I don't even know how I up that, Andy. So, so my boss is Todd Starnes, who you guys are great friends. You fill in on his national show all the time. And yeah. he believes this could be a real possibility. And there are a lot of people that believe Michelle Obama is waiting in the closet, and she is going to ride out on that white pony, as you just described it, and save the day for the Democrats. I actually don't think that's going to happen because I think – President Biden is able to be controlled. I mean, look at just how progressive his administration has become. This is a guy that ran on unifying the country and has been everything but that. And that's because he's being controlled. He's a Trojan horse for progressives like Barack Obama. And there's something about Barack and Michelle's marriage which makes me think that he does not run that household. And he'd probably be able to control a President Biden more than his own wife. So I I don't know. I don't see that happening, but I could be wrong. It will be very interesting to see. But they've got to do something. But their their B team, you've got Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg. They're not going to, to challenge Trump either. So they really are tough out of luck. Yeah, they are tough out of luck. It's just finding that name that's going to unify that party. Newsom's desperate to do it, but he's not in the pocket of the Obamas or the Clintons. So I don't know that he's going to be a viable national candidate because he's kind of on his own realm of progressivism that uh, he's not really in the cool kids club 
with the other ones. I mean, the Clintons have tried it. That's failed. The Obamas could. The other name that's been thrown out there is Gretchen Whitmer from Michigan because she's been a victim of oppressive white males in the legislature and in Michigan being attacked by right-wing extremists. So, And she's a radical. So that's been a, one of their new favorites as well. It's going to be interesting to see what names pop up here soon. And, and real quick on that, well, that's exactly why Gavin Newsom couldn't be the Democrat nominee because he's a white straight kid. I mean, yeah. what does that advance for them? A party that has been run by identity <laughs> politics. Uh, he, he just needs to look good on TV and smile. Man, I love it. Ben, we got just about 30 seconds here before we have to let you go. But your prediction for Monday night, what do you think those final numbers may look like for Trump, DeSantis, Haley, and Vivek? I think Trump wins. I think Nikki and uh, DeSantis are neck and neck. And Vivek, oh, man, I wish him nothing but the best. Give him a show on X, um, Elon and Tucker, because we'll see more from Vivek. Great guy. that would be fun. I, I have been a big fan of him, for sure. I'm not a big fan of him being so involved in Big Pharma, but I love Vivek and him being just the rabble rouser in the party. We need that, and God bless him for doing it. It's Ben Dieter. Go check him out. Wake Up Memphis, the mighty 990 KWAM, our big affiliate here with the Voice of Reasons Weekend Edition. They air us on Saturday evenings. We appreciate you guys. The number nine mid-morning market uh, morning show across the nation with Wake Up Memphis on the mighty 990. Ben, I appreciate it, my friend. we got to do it again real soon, brother. All right, good stuff. Stay warm. Hey, you as well, as we go into the Arctic front across the nation, the cool weather, the global warming that's freezing us all out. We'll do some more of this when we come back here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's your Patriot on the Prairie. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. As always, your Patriot on the Prairie, broadcasting from coast to coast right here in the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, at the Hoosier Media Network Studios, trying to cover the week's events, the recap, what's going on this weekend, and getting you set for another one with the Hawkeye Cockeye on Monday, even with the cold, frigid weather. Many individuals saying they're heading out there. In fact, Carrie Lake was on the campaign trail in Iowa. Uh, former candidate for governor in the state of Arizona, now a candidate for U.S. Senate in the state of Arizona. She's been out there helping out Donald Trump on Fox News, talking about how many people she thinks are still going to show up in this race on Monday. January is one of the coldest months here, and people are tough. They got the warm clothes, and they're ready to get out on Monday. And the enthusiasm for President Trump is off the charts right now. We know how the polling has looked for him. And people are going to show up. I mean, the support he has goes a mile deep. These other guys, the support they have goes an inch deep. And so if anyone's going to stay home because it's cold, it's going to be supporters of of the other guys. But I have full faith that the uh, folks here in Iowa understand that history will be made on Monday. They are going to start the trajectory of getting our country back on track and saving this great nation. Very interesting. That audio from Fox News. On the other hand, Chip Roy was also on Fox talking about his campaign, which I was not aware of. Did, were you aware of that? Were you aware that he was campaigning for Ron DeSantis? I would think that the guy that's okay with, like, burning down Washington, D.C., metaphorically speaking, being the head of the Freedom Caucus, being the one to literally oust a conservative speaker like Mike Johnson right now because we're not going purist enough. And, look, I stand with Chip Roy. I, I love Chip Roy. I love what he's doing. But wanting to oust him, uh, wanting to oust the new speaker, I think is a little laughable right now at this point but that's the guy that's not afraid to overturn tables 
is out campaigning for not the guy that literally went into D.C. and overturned tables. I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, look, we've been uh, crossing the state. I've been out there with Governor DeSantis, uh, Congressman Thomas Massey, uh, former Congressman uh, Keith Rothfuss, uh, uh, Governor Kim Reynolds. I mean, we've been blanketing the state, being with people. I remember Josh. I met with him you know, up there with Governor DeSantis a few days ago, and there is a, a, a strong uh, surge in turnout and enthusiasm and excitement out on the campaign trail. Uh, look, I mean, that's cool. It's going to be interesting. I know they're doing their complete coverage of the state of Iowa. You guys always get the special treatment because the very first one sets the tone for the rest. So you guys kind of get that special treatment of everybody being there. And I think you kind of enjoy it. It's like that. Remember that movie, that swing vote with Kevin Costner? And he was just sitting back enjoying the special treatment from both political candidates for president, trying to win him over, buying him stuff, getting the swing. That's what you in Iowa, everybody in Iowa, that's what you get during the campaign season. And you may be annoyed by it, but as, as well, understand that, I know it's a negative connotation now, but understand that you're privileged in that sense, so to speak, because they annoy you constantly trying to get you to vote in the Iowa caucus coming up on Monday. And while we're at it, again, don't take away the effect of what independent candidates, third-party candidates may have in this race. Now, you know me. I'm a party Trump's person person in the general election. Not in the primary, but in the general election, it's party over person because we know the special interests, we know the money, we know the backing that goes behind each candidate, where it's not just the candidate, but it's everything that comes with them as well on what we're voting for in the general election. But this year, there's continuously every year a growing and growing movement of independence moving away from the parties, two-party system, going independent, going third party, going libertarian, going whatever. And it's growing this year with a candidate that I think is one of the most viable independent candidates that we've seen in a very long time. And I'm not talking about the no labels party with Joe Manchin that supposedly may have Joe Manchin and Chris Christie as the uh, VP and presidential candidates on that ticket, which would be very interesting. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is making a stand, already beating Trump and Biden in the likability polls, the latest one from Gallup. Uh, Also from Gallup shows that right now, more than any other time, tying the record that was in 2014, a record of 43% of voters identify as independent. A record low in America at 27% identify as Democrat. That's right lower, just slightly down from Republicans in the low 30s. But more people are registering as independent, not wanting the ridiculousness of the parties. What does that mean going into a weird, odd, strange election in 2024? We'll break some more of that down when we come back here. It's The Voice of Reasons. We can stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back. Reason, common sense, rationale. It's what we do here on the program each and every week. Your Millennial Central, your Hoosier-holics gathering, your political therapist, your patriot on the prairie, your... Well, that's all the names I got. Welcome back into it. Always wonderful to have you with us here on the home on the home stretch here. I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. They are the largest grassroots organization of the entire country, and they are growing each and every day, and they are helping immensely with the upcoming election season. Are you prepared as well? We had just uh, mayor's races here in the Wichita area where my flagship station is, uh, where I usually hang out during the week, and they helped immensely, and they were able to get a left-wing radical progressive out of office in the mayor's race in Wichita this last time. And uh, thanks to them with campaigning so hard, you can be part of that movement. 
We don't just have a presidential race this year. We have congressional races. We have Senate races. We have state representative races. We have city council races. We have school board races, whatever it may be in your local community, fill in the blank, wherever that may be across the nation right now. And Americans for Prosperity can help with those. They can also give you the information and the tools that you need to fight the good fight and bring prosperity back. Because guess what? Bidenomics, I don't know if you're aware or not, has it been working? Are, are we doing okay? Are we? No? Okay. Just making sure. We are seeing inflation between 17 to 20% over the past three years under the Biden administration, 30% just on food alone. Things are just a little bit ridiculous. The American dream is not dead. The streets paved with gold. The opportunity for everyone is not dead. It's getting harder to achieve that. It's getting harder to recognize it. And we have to bring that back, which is why Americans for Prosperity is here. There's something very simple that you can do. Go to prosperityispossible.com, prosperityispossible.com. Type in your email and that's it. That's it. You can join the movement just by putting in your email and signing up. They'll send you information. They'll send you stats. They'll send you the research. They'll send you the news. They'll send you what's really going on and keeping you informed. And if you want to help out with phone banks, with knocking on doors, with helping out this next year during election season, you can do that as well. But just start by joining the movement. Prosperityispossible.com. Prosperityispossible.com. Great partners with us here on the show with Americans for Prosperity. All right. I want to shift out of election mode for just a moment. We'll get back to the Iowa caucus, the Hawkeye caucus in just a little bit. But there's a grander issue right now, and we won't have many more elections if we don't deal with some of societal's issues, right? We're not just about politics and, and political growth, but we're about humanity's growth. We're about individual growth. We're about the growth of the family unit and the focus on the youth of America, which is what uh, the progressives, the other side of the aisle, seems to want to focus on quite a bit. And how do we battle them with their attack on men, their attack on boys, their attack on masculinity, having masculinity confession booths telling you that if you are white male and straight that you are the problem with society i've said this on my show before but my brother who was about seven years younger than me was in college and told me he said and this is in colorado he said i had a professor that said because i was white i was straight i was a male and that because my parents were still together and not divorced that i was the problem with society i was the most privileged person in the entire classroom my professor told me because of those things that's where we're at in society today Kind of a wild time. Let's shift to gears to our next guest here. Excited to have on the program. Let's go to the Hoosier Media Hotline. As we focus on the youth of America and trying to bring back those character building skills, those skills for the young boys in America, trying to bring back that masculinity and ways that we can do that. Excited to have on here. He's the CEO and founder of Trail Life at USA. He also has the book as well, Too Much Tubular. Excited to have on the program, Mark Hancock. Mark, how are you, my friend? Andy, great to be here with you. I appreciate it. I, I didn't need to correct you. I'm not the founder of Trail Life. I was there at the beginning with about 300 of us who, who worked together to get off the ground, but we don't point to a single founder. But it's great to be with you tonight. Yeah, well, it's exciting to have you on the program, and I love this because I've heard of other organizations. You know, I was a member of the Boy Scouts when I was growing up, but it seems like more and more of these organizations for young boys, it's getting tougher to really still hold true to values to be able to teach them right skills, life skills, life building skills, character skills. And it sounds like that's what you guys are doing here, which is amazing. So I, I commend you and I applaud you for that because uh, it's it's desperately needed in society today, isn't it? Oh, do we have hey, them? Twice. Oh, there we go. I still there. Boys in our uh, culture yeah. today, they're, they're, they're twice as likely to be in special education, three, three times more likely to have ADHD. They've fallen behind girls in every single academic category. 
tragic situation for boys. And that was the founding of Trail Life USA when the Boy Scouts began to kind of lose their way about 10 years ago. Trail Life USA launched in order to provide a conservative uh, uh, opportunity for boys in the outdoors. Yeah. It's very much needed. What do you guys do? I mean, is it going uh, going camping? Is it teaching? Now, I got to say, when I was in the Boy Scouts, my my worst thing in the entire world was learning how to tie knots. I could survive out in the wilderness, but I could not tie knots. You guys teach how to do that? <laughs> we we do do that, but of course, at the at the forefront, we're an adventure character leadership organization. We're in over twelve hundred churches across the country, fifty thousand members now in all fifty states, and we do what you would expect in an outdoor adventure program: camping, hiking. Uh, uniforms, handbooks, patrols, all those sorts of things that you would expect from an organization like the Boy Scouts, except that we have two major differences. One is we are Christ-centered. We're a Christian organization, unapologetically Christian. And we are yeah. also believe that boys and girls are different. And so we're, we're, we're boy-focused. <laughs> we, we, you know, we, I, it may be a radical thing to say, probably not on your program, but we really do believe that boys and girls are different and that boys need a program specifically aimed at them. And as you know, in this, in this march towards uh, uh, progressive-ism, uh, the Boy Scouts yeah. have abandoned every major tenet they held, including now they, they, they allow girls in the program, which is, you know, we think girls are great, but we think that boys and girls need programs that are, that are aimed at their strengths. Yeah, what a, what a concept, thinking that there's actually a difference between boys and girls. I know that's a wild, radical position. You're one of those right-wing extremists by saying something like that in society today. But, uh, no, you're right, and it's so much needed. Where did you? Where do you see, how far ago, how long ago did you see this change, this, this slow adaptation of attacking boys for just being boys? Now we have this, and I look at the education system, the universal blanket education to where boys are rambunctious they need movement they need energy they have a lot of built-up energy so instead of allowing to get that aggression to allow to get that energy out we put them on you know adhd pills we put them on ritalin we put them on these things to calm them down in the classroom uh and then we start attacking them for wanting to just be boys in rough house and have a good time and you know you know play with guns and play with you know wrestling and play with this stuff when did we see this attack really start coming head on saying that you're not allowed to do that as a boy yeah, well, it's been a couple of generations now where we began to discount uh, masculinity, and then, we, of course, we started to paint every male with the, the toxic brush. But uh, the, the effect on boys or the impact on boys has just been really, really sad. I mean, if there was any other segment of our population that was suffering like they are, um, then we would, you know, we'd be rioting in the streets. But uh, the problems that boys are facing, uh, like I said, they're falling behind in every single academic category. Place they are leading, Andy, is in suicides. 10 to 14 years old boys, the fastest growing segment of our population, suicides. Boys are just uh, abandoning hope because uh, we tend to think of them as some sort of a defective girl or something instead of recognizing that they have some strengths. Uh, you know, they, they do things like they, they enjoy risk, they enjoy adventure, they're driven by uh, competition. And we've taken all that all that out, and we've driven them to a world of video games where they can have risk and competition and keep score and do all those things that they don't do in the real world anymore. And then we criticize them for playing so many video games. So it's really tragic what boys are facing today. It's like uh, there's some kind of social disease that, that needs to be eradicated, and it's 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 sad the effect on them. So organizations like Trail Life USA, we 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 understand boys, uh, you know how how they are different. And, and and we we cater to their to their strengths rather, rather than uh, discounting and criticizing them for them.
Yeah, I'm so glad you guys do that. Have you noticed, is it hard to get boys sometimes out uh, and away from the video games because of what you just mentioned that, you know, that's now the cool thing. I remember as a kid, I mean, I'm 35, I'm the millennial generation, one of the last ones that grew up in the outdoors before all the technology and the phones and the apps and everything came about that I got to enjoy some of that in my childhood. But uh, are you having a hard time? Have you seen a difficult time to get kids away from the indoors and the video games to go out and actually enjoy the outdoor adventures? Well, of course, you know, anytime someone's exposed to something new, particularly, you know, a child, it's, 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 it's hard for them to make that adjustment. But we're finding that, that boys, as they're discovering risk and competition and adventure, they're saying, hey, it's much better in the outdoors by hiking or hot, uh, whitewater rafting or, or zip lining or doing something with a, with a bunch of boys. That's much more fun and engaging than it is doing it, doing it online. And so we're restoring for boys that risk and adventure and competition and that male-centric environment where they can go out and boys can be boys. We've got a a free download right now, our website at trailfusa.com called Let Boys Be Boys. And it talks about the biological, psychological development and developmental differences between boys and girls and the things that exist in science. And every, every legitimate science will tell you that boys and girls are different. So we're catering those things. And that's why I think we're seeing the kind of growth that we're, that we're seeing. Like I said, almost, almost 60,000 people now participating in trail life across the country. Wow, that's so amazing. We're talking with Mark Hancock. Trail Life USA is the organization. TrailLifeUSA.com is the website. Go and check those guys out. Uh, for, in your opinion, how important is it to have some type of basic survivalist skills? And I, I enjoy that because if I could just disappear out into the woods and survive out there and be happy, I'd, I'd totally be okay with that. But a lot of people don't have that skill any longer, maybe because they don't get the chance to be outdoors. They live in cities and it's hard to do so. But just basic survivalist skills to have some water, to have some food, to know how to start a fire, those basic things. Is that still important in society today, do you think? Well, probably not as much as it used to be, but you make the argument that, gosh, we don't need those skills at all. But I'll tell you what it does is that emboldens a boy. It gives him a sense of confidence, and, 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 and every once in a while, he does have the opportunity to actually use those skills in real life. But what it is is it's exposing him to something new that he can master that other kids don't understand. They don't have it. Gives them a sense of confidence in something other than, uh, you know, how many, uh, you know, whatever's he can defeat at the next level of the video game. So we're <laughs> we're, we're we're exposing to the and these skills that they have, and they're, and they're proud of them, and they take thought, and they take practice, and they take effort, and they're not easy. And we're teaching boys that they can do hard things and succeed and be rewarded for them. And of course, it's very hard, very difficult for them to find those opportunities in the real world. Yeah, that's amazing. We're talking with Mark Hancock. Hang on the line. I want to continue this conversation when we come back around the corner on the faith-based side of things and how important that is to be instilled at that young age as well. And making fire, one of the most primal, awesome things that you can do. We'll have some more conversation about that when we come back. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. America's safe space for common sense. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Last couple of minutes on the show. Oh, how it flies by for another weekend in the books. We have the Iowa caucus coming up on Monday. We'll cover that next weekend with recaps and where we're at with New Hampshire and beyond as well. I don't know what's going on with my camera today, man. Live stream all kind of messed up again with the glitchiness. I'm telling you, Chad, it's the government. Government's coming after the broadcast, not allowing me to broadcast the way we need to on the streams. 
all over the place. We're hanging out right now with Mark Hancock. He's with Trail Life USA. TrailLifeUSA.com is the website if you want to go and check it out. The alternative, trying to bring the boys out there in a faith-based outdoor adventure excitement, trying to get them outdoors again, trying to teach them the life skills, trying to teach them great character. And Mark, I know that this is a major point that you guys focus on and that's desperately needed in society nowadays, but how important is it to have that faith-based uh, uh, life right now to build your foundation on that type of faith? Because it seems like there's more and more in the generations coming up that uh, just don't have that and have no interest in gaining something like that. Yeah, and it really is something that we're dealing with today. You know, now 58% of Americans no longer believe that God or the Bible is the source of moral authority. And that's, that's Americans. So that's, that's kind of shocking. So when you talk about boys and how critical it is for boys, they, they like to know where the boundaries are. They, they like to know what they can stand on. They want to know that they want to know there's some absolute, something that, that won't give, give way. And uh, they want the yes to be yes and their no to be no. They want to know the difference between good and evil. They want to know uh, what's right and what's wrong. And so how, how do you explain that to a boy in a society if you've abandoned uh, your absolutes? And so well, the biblical foundation gives us an absolute uh, to, to stand on. And it, gives, give, it talks about things like truth and lies and good and bad. And uh, so how do you talk to boys about being good and bad without having some sort of moral absolute? So it's, it's critical to growing boys and a good, strong men to be able to have an absolute. And we point to, of course, the Bible, which we believe is the Word of God. And that's the foundation of the program. Uh, all of our badges have, uh, even though they're not real uh, Sunday schoolish, but they have reference to Scripture and scriptural truths as a boy's learning about an outdoor skill or how to be a family man or how to raise a family, some practical skills, personal resources, and things like that. He's also getting biblical truths woven in there. And we think that that's, that's really important for boys. They like to know that they've got something firm to stand on. Yeah, amen to that. We got just a couple of minutes here left and there's a there's a social media trend right now about asking boys or asking young men about whether they uh, think about ancient Rome in society today. And there's this weird social media uh, thing about girlfriends or or wives asking their men about do they think of ancient Rome? And it's kind of a silly thing, but the more I think about it, and you talking about having that foundation, having moral boundaries, having a purpose, it almost seems like with the way that we've gone with boys not being allowed to be boys, it almost seems like uh, that there is a fascination with maybe ancient cultures or ancient times when there was more of a purpose for men to be manly, to be masculine, to be survivalists, to be warriors, to be strong, to be providers, to do that kind of stuff. Uh, that's making some, I think, think of times past when that was a necessity in order to survive. Do you think there's a connection there here? I absolutely think there is. You know, when we think about the greatest generation, we don't have to go back that far to a group of men who put themselves on boats and stormed the beaches of Normandy to free the world of, of tyranny. They knew that it was something critical, something big at stake. Uh, we know about men who would get on top of a rocket and shoot themselves in the moon or get across on a boat and, and cross an, an uncharted ocean. And, you know, men are drawn to that sorts of thing, but uh, those sorts of things. But that's kind of been, been absent in the last generation or so. And so as men have lost their way and their purpose and their, their opportunity for, for those sorts of things, that the, like you're talking about the warrior mentality, the guy who would go out and put himself in front of a bullet rather than be the one who brings the gun to school. You know, it's, it's really a, uh, you know, a, different, a different culture. We're trying to restore 
that biblical masculinity so we can raise the next generation. And, you know, Andy, we're not just trying to preserve them against a, a call, this rising tide. We're, we're raising a generation of boys that we think is going to turn back the tide itself. We're restoring the truths of, of, of Scripture and biblical masculinity and the strength of, of being a man, not in a toxic way, but in the, in the, in the time-honored uh, way that Jesus showed us how to be a man. Yeah, amen to that. I love it. It is the way to change the next generation, to bring the men back into society, embrace the masculinity, embrace the boys, allowing to be boys. It is TrailLifeUSA.com, TrailLifeUSA.com. Go check out the great organization. Be part of it if you have those young boys at that age. Mark, so good to have you on the program, my friend. Keep up this fight. Keep doing what you're doing. We'd love to get you back on the show again real soon, my friend. Thank you, Andy. God bless. Hey. Appreciate it very much. There it is. We're out of time. So much more to cover and so little time to do it. We'll have to do it next week. And until then, we're out of here. Be your own catalyst for change. Be your own voice of reason. Go out there. If you're in Iowa, get the heck out to vote. Put on that extra layer of coats and go do that and have some fun for the Hawkeye Cockeye coming up on Monday. We'll recap that next week. And until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hughes. Everybody have a great weekend. Stay warm. We'll see you on the radio.